1: It is the Anfield Rapping Association with Red's bet uh, and Red's Bet have got an event this week uh, there are 20 places going, if you go to Eventbrite and search for Smith & Brothers Callum Smith & Brothers Q&A, uh, you can get it all there, everything that you need there's 20 places and you can get photographs, there's going to be a live Q&A with Liam, Stephen, Paul and obviously Callum himself uh, she'll be an absolutely belting event uh, so if you just go to Eventbrite, search Callum Smith & Brothers uh, Q&A at Hotel Tier. and it is on the Tuesday night before Paris Saint-Germain, I have with me Mike Nevin, John Gibbons and Ian Salmon to get through this fantastic show after that fantastic performance by the mighty boys in red. Um, it is, let's do the feel of it first and foremost, John. Halftime, I was worried, I'm oh, not going to lie to you, I was beginning to wonder if it was going to be one of them. I had images in my mind of a seventy 70-second a 70 uh, Kapuwe 25-yarder, making it <laughs> 1-0 before the Reds gamely make it 1-1 at best, if not hit woodwork and d- disappointing uh, defeat on the horizon. And yet... When the final whistle goes, it felt like a consummate away performance. That's the journey of being a football supporter, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I don't think I ever thought we were going to get beats, but you did worry a little bit that, you know, is it going to be one of those games in front of, in front of goal? It took us a long time, didn't it, to have a shot on target. I think it was the Firmino one about 10 minutes before half-time, and even even that, you know, what well, you wouldn't say it's a chance as such, and then Marnie Fashions one as well, sort of soon after. But you're just a bit worried that... That, uh, you know, they were, they were struggling to create. But that's a lot of what these away games were like. I felt like I spent a lot of Saturday telling people of Army that Watford were good at football. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, the, the seventh in the league, these lads, you know. Um, Beats and, Bears. Yeah, exactly. And, and so they're, they're a good team. And they have they've the strong... The, the, you know, they're well organised but they've got good technical players as well and they needed beating and that's what we did on Saturday we, you know it was the, the old fashioned win, win the battle first get on top and then I thought even I thought the goal was coming when it did I thought we, I thought we were right on top by then and then to not just get one but to, to take the game away from them in the, in the manner we did I think deserves a lot of respect and you know that's that's how away performances often are and we're clouded with what the other lot are doing by going 3 up in no time at all you know that, that doesn't really tend to be how games go you know we we need to you know remember that if these tough places to go these are often how the, how the games play out and, and we did it perfectly uh,
1: they needed beaten, John says there Mike and I think that that's you know it's, it's a simple sentiment but it's also I think a really insightful one they the the, the Wofford are a very good side. They're a very good side on their own patch. They've defended well all season. Uh, they've defended well not just in, in games they've won, but they've defended well in games they've lost. They, they, they can see two quick goals against Man United, but apart from that, United can't get in. They needed beaten, and Liverpool found
0: their way to do it. Yeah, I mean, they, they were incredibly well drilled first half. I think more than Liverpool struggling, I think it was the way that they were very adeptly blocking passing lanes. There was no space you saw Firmino uh, and, uh, and Mane dropping very, very deep all the way through the, the first half. Liverpool just trying to fashion an opportunity and sort of agree with John a little bit. It, it, just before half-time, the last, the last 10 minutes, we just began to create a little bit more space and begun to look a little bit more threatening. But it wasn't really until the second half and probably around the hour mark that the, the game began to get a little bit more stretched. I think, I think tiredness begins to come well, into things earlier than than you think. I think we associate the last ten as the time that players get tired, but there's there's an abrasive effect on players' minds and legs um, that can 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 happen well before that. I think that's interesting, Mike, in that you you, you specify
1: so sort the of 35
0: to 45,
1: and then from the hour, and that that's sort of where you know that tiredness thing. You know, for me, that demonstrates. That this is a wearing down. That Liverpool wear them down, begin to create opportunities from 35. Watford come back out. There's a little bit of back and forth. There's the the disputed penalty moment. And, but whilst all that's going on, as we approach 60, Liverpool are wearing them down again. And then the opportunities start to come again. I think you can almost see, you know, when you when you take a step back
0: from the game, when you watch it again, you can almost watch the erosion before your eyes. Yeah, I mean, you can see it in in, in several uh, instances, and in I think. In the first 15 minutes after half-time, Liverpool are moving the ball really really well from side to side. We're beginning to stretch them a little bit. We're making them do more running. And then once we've, once we've begun to get that in our legs, then we become a little bit more vertical with our passing. There was a few instances of good balls into feet. Manny was unlucky with a, a shot against the post, or I think it was offside. So yeah. There was that sense that, the, the, not that the goal was coming, but the pressure was mounting. Um, it is the buzz everyone was waiting for I think
1: Ian on the final whistle you know it, it, it or more accurately when, when, when Firmino scores and you know it's finished as a contest to go 3-0 you know that's when you know it's over but then watching the, the players at the final whistle both sides absolutely shattered mm. It, you know it, when John says you know I'll say it again they needed beating you could see what it had taken out of both sides the whole 90 minutes of the game
3: Oh completely I um, I did the City Talk show on Friday afternoon obviously which which people subscribing won't hear because it's only on the radio but when we were talking about how good Watford are, I was saying, I genuinely have no understanding of this. After twenty minutes, I had an understanding of this. Um, <laughs> Watford are a bloody good football team. Aren't you were me? very flippant about them, me I, I thought was, I was extremely flippant, wasn't I? Me and John have watched them, and we were trying to say to they're "Quite good, <laughs> yeah. you know, mate." <laughs> but in fairness, I, I was predicting, I was only predicting the two-nil. So it was yeah. better than I thought it was going to be. Um, no, they are. They're, they're very, very well, well drilled. They've got a really good shape. They work their arses off, and that, they, you know, we had to be very patient to move the ball around to find the gaps and there's a lot of that this season, a lot of moving the ball around to find the gaps against teams who were setting up to prevent us from being as mad as we were last season even though obviously Klopp this morning some talking about the fact that he doesn't want us to be mad any longer but there are teams who are stopping that anyway but apart from the rightfully disallowed De La Feo goal they didn't really threaten us particularly there wasn't, there wasn't a great deal there where you thought you know, we're living on a knife edge here like John I didn't think we were going to lose but I thought this could be a nil-nil here. Does yeah. the, the one nil-nil of I mean, the moment I mean, the, the,
0: loss. The, the the key moment in the game for me really is the save yeah. from Pere- from, Perea, from, Perea, from uh, that that Allison makes, and I know pe- people have said it wasn't that difficult to save, but I think there's a lot in it because his positioning is superb, um, and actually getting to the ball at the at the height. There's no guarantee that that's going to go low, that it's going to go sort of it, up towards the crossbar. He's, he's he's it's an educated guess, but I think the position that he gets himself into. into Gives him the best chance to make the save, and I don't think you can underestimate the sort of the acrobatic nature of it as well. The way that he actually claws it away from goal as well. Yeah, really strong um, hand, isn't it? And hand. Yeah, on, a, on another occasion, that comes back at a, at a different angle, and it can be it can be a tapping. Um, so, I, 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 and just just his ability to, to pull that one save out in a game where predominantly he's not really that he's not really involved. I think concentration wise, maybe we should talk about. Clemens being sort of the arch uh, goalkeeper yeah. for concentration, be able to do what's required of him on the one occasion in the game. I think that's you know it's a hugely underrated quality.
1: It was at our end in the ground, and the save live took me breath away. I thought it was terrific. Watching the highlights back, you can see why people are saying. Well, it's not you know it's not like it's something spectacular, but when I think you almost in a sense your, your live judgment may be better on something like this, John. Certainly when it's it's right in front of you, and I think a massive part of it is part of the reason why it looks, it looks different when you watch when you watch the game back or you see the highlights I think is partially because he's it's because of the size of him it's because of it's trying to, a, a comparison with somewhere else in the pitch that occurred to me was it's like the Shaqiri finish from the Robertson ball the other week where everyone went the ball makes it and you're like yeah just because he makes the finish look easy doesn't mean he hasn't got a lot to do yeah. and, and just because he makes it look like it's straightforward doesn't mean it is actually really
2: straightforward the save I think you're right and I think Often when when all of us are watching on telly or, or you're watching the replays or something, you focus on the acrobatic nature of a save really rather than the the reaction. And in the ground, I think you can really appreciate. It. He's got no reaction time at all. Like one minute he's hit it, that less than a second later he, he seems to have saved it. You know, boom, and then he's there straight away. And and I was I was you know off my seat applauding him in terms of well yeah we all stand it a ways anyway but you know what I mean I was I thought it was a fantastic saving the ground because he gets no reaction time at all and yeah when you watch it back you might say well it's not right in the corner or whatever but he leathers it he absolutely <laughs> leathers it and I think you know as Mike says to get that that big strong hand on it as well which means it's it's not just saved, but it's completely out of out of danger just just shows how good he is really and and you know he does he does fill the goal he is a huge presence there really and i think you know maybe that's why the people feel that you know they have to do different things i don't know when they see him you know he's, he's such a presence but yeah i think i thought it was a great save and at a really crucial time for us as well
3: i think the only reason that people can look at it and go it's not you know it's not that great a save is because if you're watching it afterwards you know it was saved there's no pressure there, but watching that live, watching that live on TV, you're looking at, "Come, that's a hell of a save! That's a fantastic save!" And the previous two goalies would have let that in, no, two, no two ways. And you know, I, I've never been overly critical of the previous two; I've been complimentary when when deserved, obviously. And you know, they have had very good performances at times, but both of our previous two goalies let that shot in. They certainly not the make it course. look as easy as that. They no, I, have done and that's that. the thing he's been doing all season. He's yeah. making difficult shots look like absolute routines for him. And we're talking about him being a big presence. Isn't he the same height as like
1: yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm always suspicious of published heights for, for all footballers, <laughs> yeah. not just goalkeepers. What, like the wrestling?
3: Like the wrestling. <laughs> Whereas, I
1: mean, not just like... But my thing on published heights for the wrestlers and weights to the wrestlers, I'm sure that they're all mostly exaggerated. Yeah. Whereas with the footy, I think like some footy players, I'm quite convinced they just got the height taken when they were 17 and going just forward. Everyone went, it. yeah, he's 5'9". He's not five nine, but you know Stephen Gerrard for years. You'd, you'd see Stephen Gerrard, and you would go, "He's absolutely enormous," you know. <laughs> and people would go, "Yeah, he's six one." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, he is not six foot one." Um, anyway, I'm uh, <laughs> moving moving that one on. Um, Mike, another part of the the whole performance, and why for me it's fascinating. The managers let off a three nil on, you know, when you get to see the sort of cut to on it and all of that is. He's he's gone out of his way to talk about how big the whole week is. He's gone out of his way to put the whole thing in this context of, you know, what it means to for him to the season. And again, I think you can see that across the whole performance, and that it was a performance again, when you get to see it in full and take account of it in full, it's a performance like carrying a very, very, very delicate piece of china. It's like, we're not mm-hmm. going to let this, we this, we look after this. We're looking after this all the way through. And as I say, first half of times, I was really frustrated. I wanted Liverpool to be much more vertical in the passing. I wanted Liverpool to take a few more chances. And then when you get to see the whole, the whole sway of it and you put it in that context from the manager, you can see exactly why he was as made up as he was.
0: No, and he, you know—he's right to be, um, you know, sort of full, full of of, of praise for his team, um, but also praise for himself as well, because there has been a seminal change in the way that Liverpool have, have worked their way through football matches this season. There is a more measured approach. There is a there is a an, a more obvious balance between defence and attack. And I think that first half, you know, Watford aren't particularly threatening. Liverpool are probing. Um, they're very, very patient, um, and I, th- I also think as well you you, you can't overstate um, the calmness really in them in the sense that it gets down to a point in the game where there's, there's you know there's only just over twenty minutes to go and we still haven't scored and yet we're still patiently moving the ball around and looking for an opportunity and I think that the thinking it is it's that we can adopt a more measured approach but we've got enough quality we've got eno- enough. There's, the 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 quality in the front three is that there will come a point where someone can prov- provide a moment of inspiration it and that the first goal it's actually sort of three moments of inter- inspiration in one yeah. Uh, yeah in the sense that i mean was pass i don't think you can overstate how how good that is the weight on it but also Manny, the, the the way that he actually stretches to get get it under control, that's a, that's a brilliant piece of skill. And then to be able to, to get the ball across and actually pick Salah out. And then I think Salah, although the, the keeper makes a bit of a hash of it, um, but it's a real it's a real poacher's finish. And I think yeah. that's where Salah, as a number nine, is beginning to, 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 to sort of grow a little bit in the sense that he's, he's becoming a poacher of goals as well as a scorer of the more spectacular goals that we saw last season coming in from a different position. Um, it was a, uh, it was an explosive
1: goal. Really, the run for Manny's the business in. I think it's the, the arced run, and and all the way through the game, I think you. You know, I love watching Mane in terms of seeing he, nothing's ever in a straight line. Almost nothing he does sort of operates in a straight line. Everything is he's, he, when he when he carries the ball, he tries to carry it across at an angle to 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 make sure he can he can keep people away from it. That runs a really good example of one where he's going absolutely full pelt, but he just is the arc of it is just is, is Ian Rush esque.
3: Yeah, he's he's basically running from a left wing position to receive it as a centre forward, and he's never going to be. He's never going to be the highway player where he's going to hug the touchline all the way down and then ping it in from the side. If he's going to put it in, he's going to put it in within the penalty area. Mm. I mean, we saw, uh, beginning of last season, we scored the same goal twice in the first two weeks where it came from Manny cutting inside and then backheeling on it to somebody else. And his awareness, his presence, his, his movements, is just, it's, it's the reason that, you know, Tying him down for the next five years of his career is a fantastic thing. He's, he's a constant presence. I'd have loved him to, to have scored the third goal because that shot deserves to be a goal. That, that, that Some save, by the way. It's a cracking save. It's, it's lovely to watch Bobby watch the ball come down for about 10 minutes. And then just minute. <laughs> uh, but that shot deserves to be a goal. The move deserves deserved a goal from a shot of that quality.
1: I think the second half, John, and we've sort of glossed over the first. I will come back to it in a minute. But I think what you see in the second half is when when Mike mentions that Liverpool's attacking players, they, they they'll create something. He's right. But I think the other thing you see from them, they're not they're looking to force it. I think you watch that front three, and and actually I'll be more accurate. I think you watch Mane and Mane and Firmino up the pace I think Salah is there to be Salah is there to be present he's there to be lively he'll do what he does all game but I thought you actually got to see I thought first half the only real sort of defining force forcing a creative force was Shakiri I think second half Shaqiri almost fades out of the game and it's, it's it's all Firmino and Mane looking to make things happen for Liverpool
2: Yeah no definitely I think that's 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 a fair assessment really and I think Firmino um, you know there's been a lot of debate over his shifting position and stuff like that and I think maybe it might just take him a little bit time to adapt. I think I don't think there's any reason why why you can't you can't sort of just to play that role. And I think it's it's interesting the that, the that Klopp says doesn't he, he, he? There was twenty German coaches watching. Uh, you know, the, I mean, I don't know how you get in this mob of tw- of, Ge- <laughs> of German coaches. You just I get freebies. go you just go around watching yeah. footy. Like it sounds all right to don't me. Don't actually do any coaching. Just to no, no, watch games. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just going around watching watching boss players. It sounds all right. Um, but yeah but but he said they said they all, they all just all about well for me you know, after the game and you know i'm sure i'm sure Jürgen sort of deciding obviously what 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 bits of that conversation to tell him and what not to because but but you know if they were raving about well for me you know, they are right too and in, in that i think i think he was i think he was excellent i think you know his his visions obviously great his understanding of the game is 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 his general fight and, and and his you know his his streetwise kind of ability really but i think you know he's there's a reason his teammates love him, and there's a reason managers love him, and I think you know he, he showed in plenty of points in the game sort of what a good footballer he he is, and and I made up he gets his goal and he's removed the salt or whatever it is that uh, that's kind of gone out of him really because look he's going to be massive for us in this next part of the season, and uh, Bobby, I but th- I thought, yeah, I think I I don't I don't overly worry about. His position, but I just think he, he looks to me like he needs maybe a run somewhere, and, and, and then, and then you know, to, to kind of, you know, to fit for him and for his teammates as well, and so and so and so and so they—they they know what they're going to be expecting of him, really. But I think generally speaking, like he, he could be a great fullback if he wants to be. <laughs> it's,
1: <laughs> it's one word. I think he's. I, th- I think that there's with them, Mike. They, they are that they're smart I think this is my main sort of I think this is the thing that gets overlooked and I think it gets overlooked for a variety of different reasons but I I, I the number of times I come away from games so unbelievably impressed with the intelligence of the front three and with with, 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 with Firmino and, and Mane in particular as I say because I think Salah's intelligence it's more roving it's more it's more final third slash penalty box whereas Firmino and Mane are very much they're not just final third they mostly want to be there that's where you want to see them but I think they're the ones who who are best able to, to, to set Liverpool's tempo at times, I think we wanted to come from elsewhere and that's completely understandable, but I think it's them who say no, no, this is the way this game is now, we're the ones who change the game for Liverpool get us the ball faster by all means, but that then that's your job, not done, but you haven't got a lot of other things to do.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think what I liked about the pair of them in the second half was that they took more responsibility to get Liverpool on the ball, I think first half there was a, there was a sense that everything was being left to Shaqiri, Shaqiri was popping up in all kinds of spaces, in the way that we've seen him do very well in recent games and there's been the clamour to get him into the the team Um, but I think it T- to a degree, it takes up, it takes away a little bit from uh, the effectiveness of Salah and Mane in the sense that he's on the ball a little bit, maybe too much. Um, but they're they're both willing and able to, to drop deep. I think they're both comfortable in deeper positions. For me, for me now, especially, I mean, in first half, he was actually a little bit too deep, coming back inside his own yeah, half. The ball. Where you want to see him really is is sort of around thirty yards from goal. His ability to sort of turn, hold the ball up, play an intelligent pass, um, and. I think we forget actually when when we signed him he wasn't really recognised as an out no. and out scorer, and we perhaps we're perhaps reverting to our original thought uh, process around him is that he's just an all round footballer he's a great he's a great focal point for Liverpool's attacks but he's but he is having to adapt in a slightly different system there isn't as much space but he's he's the arch proponent of finding space.
3: I think there's I, I think it's notable that we've been talking all season when our front three click when our front three click when these lads actually click I think Sati was the clicking. I think Sadio is clicking in a very big way i think it's it's very important that that first goal goes blind and passion for me now that the, the vision and the execution of the pass is fantastic great run from Sadio, and then in the back of the net from Amazon. Yeah, you know, it's solid sticks in the back of the net and you've got the three of them combining for a goal which may be the first time we've seen that in mm. certainly a few weeks i think it's vital because they understand each other and it looks like the understanding of where they all are in the new system that we're playing is beginning to really develop
1: there's there's something in Salah opening the scoring John I think that there's 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 there's, there's always it was always going to be a strange season for Salah this in a couple of ways but there's something in you know this is another game and it's not it's it's by far from the first one this season where Liverpool's first goal scorer is Mohamed Salah
2: yeah it's Big goals he's scoring at the moment, isn't he? He's not just he's not just weighing in; he's weighing in with with crucial goals for this team. And I think that'll make him feel good. He seems a bit more relaxed to me. I don't know whether
0: the smiles back yeah, on his face a little yeah, bit. I he, think it's so. Not like he was carrying the weight of the
2: world on his shoulders early in the season. Yeah, I agree. And I think in a funny sort of way that 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 criticism, although it seemed a bit strange at the time of him not sort of smiling when he scored, I think he's sort of taken that on board a bit, and maybe. You know his agent or someone's had the words and gone. You know it's it's meant to be a laugh, you know, mate. You know what I mean? And I think since then, even though I thought the criticism was a bit harsh at the time, I think that has been it has been maybe a bit of a turning point forward. And when he's gone, you know, he's realised maybe that you know he doesn't need to feel so quite so much stresses of the world. Maybe he's realised that you know that he's better he plays better when he's relaxed plays better when he's enjoying it and you can't just tell someone to relax and then they relax that's not how life works is it yeah. do you know what I mean but I think maybe it kind of you know there does need to be a re- realisation from within that that it is fun that it is an enjoyable game that, that he is you know playing for, for a great team and, and a wonderful footballer and I think you know since then you know I wouldn't say there's been a, a massive upturn in his form because I think you know his form was it was pretty good anyway but he does he does kind of generally seem like like, you know, he used, sometimes he felt like he was going on the pitch, thinking, "Oh, what if I don't score today?" And and you know, what if, what if, you know, what if, you know, and then and then now you feel like he's going on, expecting to score. You know, expecting his teammates to create some chances, and when he does, you know, he's he's having a laugh and he's doing fun celebrations, whatever that means. You know, is is up to interpretation, but you know, it's it's good that he's it's it's just good to see him smile. And it's good to see him enjoying playing with his teammates and and, and playing for Liverpool.
1: Five of his um, seven Premier League goals, Ian, have been the openers in games. He scores the first against West Ham. He scores the first against Brighton. He scores the only goal against Huddersfield, The only goal against Brighton as well, for that matter. The first against Carter for now the first against Watford. So that's five out of seven have been the opening goal for Liverpool in football matches.
3: You, you been trying to do it there, no, and
0: Fulham as well, I think.
3: Uh, no, we get to the, uh, Sorry, i I've, I've not written that down. Yeah, Fulham as well. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't trying to do that, but I was sitting there thinking there was one that was there was definitely one that was a one niler that was his. Because even in this Brighton field, yeah. so, so even at this point where we're saying he's not on form, he's not playing well, he's not enjoying his football, he's won two games for us, and you can't get more crucial in this. So he I may not six of his seven. six, six of his seven. seven. Yeah, six of his seven. You can't be more crucial in this. This this idea that he's come back and he's not the Mo Salah of last season, and he's he's a one season wonder was always ridiculous. It's getting more and more ridiculous by the day. Is he now on more than he was this time last season?
1: I think he's on about the same as he about was. I was same. just wondering that for you as well.
3: So when he actually when he finally kicks in and scores another thirty-five to go on top of this, <laughs> <laughs> nice. people are going to look back and realise how foolish they were through August, September and October. Probably
2: not. They'll be moaning up. No, about something they'll else. Still find something else to complain about. <laughs> now, he's
3: he's looked sharper by the week. He looked when he first came back, he looked like he was playing with a problem. And he was, I don't know if he's still wearing the strap, but he's still wearing the strap in those first few games on his shoulder. Um, I don't know if this celebration from Sati is uh, lampooning Ramos in some way. Um, I, I thought it was the Albanian Eagle myself. <laughs> I thought it was a Shakiri thing. They're easily confused, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if he's lampooning Ramos, fantastic. More of that, please. The fact that he's enjoying himself, the fact he's enjoying himself feels the freedom to go, look, mate, have some of this. I'll have that. He's, he's always going to be crucial to what we do. And he's shown how crucial he is. If you can come through a period of supposed lack of form and be on seven goals by the end of November, just as a... Comparison, what's Hazard on us at the moment? Less, yeah. One less, one mm. less, and he's in the form of his life, isn't he? <laughs> well, I'm not, I don't
1: even say that anymore. Uh, Constantino Schapas Sh- on Twitter, that's C Shapas, if you want to follow him. Um, does some stuff with stats bomb and other stats things. Andrew Beasley retweeted him, I saw him this week. Uh, 17 18 after, after 13 league matches, uh, Liverpool with 25 goals scored. Uh, Mane Firmino Salah 16, uh, to 18 19 26 goals scored. M- Mane Firmino sellers 16, Mike. I mean, that is that does tell that story that. You know, I don't think, I don't think that it, is nec- it is necessarily going to quite explode the same way in that I think that Liverpool are a little, maybe a little different, possibly away from home, possibly in general. But it doesn't say it's not going to explode the same way and it doesn't say it's not going to explode the same way keeping the same defensive base.
0: No, not at so. all. I, I think there's, the, the, there's quite a lot of pressure on the three of them really because the way that... Um, Sturridge seems to have faded from the picture, um, so it is you know it, it it's a front it's a front three. They are they are the ones that are charged with 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 getting the goals that uh, ultimately require for Liverpool to win these football matches, which they are doing on a regular basis. Um, we're probably still not getting enough goals from midfield, albeit that we we see a set piece on on Saturday. Um, and I think each of them have had their own individual struggles at various points in the season. Mane started. Uh, Like a house on fire then had a little bit of of a dip Went some games without a a goal I think Firmino's goal on Saturday was his first and seven in the league But they all seemed to pop up with one just as it as it's reaching, a supposed crisis point. It isn't a crisis point, but um, the pressure, as I say, the pressure on them for all for, on, on all of them to to be the providers of goals in this Liverpool team can't be underestimated. And you know they're doing a manful job. Um, Salah in particular, because he's become he's become a number nine, um, diff, different style of play, adapting to that. Um, and yeah, seven seven goals in in fourteen games, not to be sniffed at. We've got twenty six,
1: Mike. I want, you, games, really. uh, I want to ask you. I want to so ask you. We've got twenty
0: six in thirteen games, and off that, we uh,
1: Manny, Firmino, and Salah have supplied sixteen of them. That means that there's ten left. You and I, we've had this conversation for years, uh, literally years, arguably since two thousand and eleven. And the conversation is, what should you expect from elsewhere? Now, Trent gets his set uh, piece goal. Yeah, um, Shaqiri scores the last one out uh, against Fulham. Um, I'm I'm genuinely interested in that. What's what's a reasonable expectation? So so far the ten out of thirteen, the rest of the team outside of the main three, but that also includes, for instance, when Sturridge come on against mm. Chelsea and scored. What's a reasonable expectation? I you know for 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 the non from three across the course of the season is it is it thirty eight out of thirty eight? Do you think it should be fifty out of thirty yeah, eight? Uh, what it, what, what subs it, on the side? What do you? I think?
0: think it's difficult. It's difficult to put a, a specific number on it, but I think. Just down the seasons, the the personnel that Liverpool have got playing in midfield and not, you know, they're not natural goal scorers. I mean, Henderson, if you want to just look at him, I mean, the only season really where he. Scored on a relatively regular basis, it was thirteen, fourteen, but he was playing a completely different position. He was actually mm. um, in a front four, if you like, uh, as the the, the 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 one at the tip of the midfield. And
3: has been instructed to not choose as often. Yeah, He's said um, this publicly. He come up he? with the
0: occasional world, he, like he did at Chelsea a couple of seasons ago. But he's not, he's not, you know, he hasn't got a regular output of goals. I think James Milner the same. You know, the positions that he takes up on the pitch, he's not an actual goal scorer. So I think. If there's a worry, I mean, it's not a worry when you're winning 3-0 away because you're getting your goals from your forwards, but it, I think it's the personnel in Liverpool's midfield. The most obvious um, solution to that will be to get Keita into into uh, some kind of form and rhythm and playing games. I mean, he hasn't played for, for so long. He's the one that you would have thought would have, would have augmented the attack for goals. Um, but we've become relatively adept at scoring from set pieces as well, and I think that offsets it to a degree. Um, but it is a slight concern just uh, looking a bit further forward, I think.
1: It's one, John. Where again, sort of, I'm, I'm almost in the hypothetical universe where I'm. You know, I was having I'm having the conversation a little bit. I was having it in my head if we hadn't gone on and won the game at the weekend, which is to say, we can't always look at these lads and have them do the business for us. But that's why I think Trent's goal is significant. I think it is the idea. Yeah, it's a set piece, but I almost don't like, and it's a brilliant set piece. Don't get me wrong, but I almost don't want the set piece part of it. I want it to almost be overlooked hmm. and have us say, you know, lads, this is. There's room for the rest of you, you know. I was really pleased when Shaqiri scores, uh, gets himself on the score sheet against Fulham. I think that there is there's room for for for, for a couple of them to come to the party a little bit more.
2: Yeah, and I think it's notable that the Trent after the game when he does his Instagram post that they all do about about his goal, actually said, "Oh, it's been a while." And I think that's him acknowledging the, you know, that, that maybe he thinks like he should be scoring more as well. I think. It's almost easier in this team for the full backs to, to get goals, I would say, than, than the defensive midfielders, especially if we're playing Shakiri. Because if we're playing Shakiri, then, then in this example, Henderson and Genie are really quite deep, aren't they? And so, you know, I, w- I would argue that the. the, the the fullbacks are maybe you know you look at them sort of underperforming goal wise. Then
0: they're certainly going to be in more advanced yeah, mid- yeah. positions than yeah, your yeah. relatively static midfield three, aren't
2: yeah, they? Yeah, I think I think you know the the, the wider, but I think there's, there's recently Andy Robertson has a decent chance uh, in the last couple of games that it's a good save. And but I think both Robbo and Trent will probably feel like that the, there's potential for them to, to add from set pieces. Trent's just got his goal so for I, England, which was yeah, a quintessential fullbacks goal. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And so so, so from from non set pieces, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I think I think. They're I think Virgil you know he scores an amazing goal for Holland but it's a reminder that maybe you know that we should be asking a little bit more from him as well I mean you're not I mean they're throwing him up front last minute which you don't want to see too much because it means you're, you're sort of a bit desperate but you know he's what well, he's got Everton next weekend which is maybe is the one who he scores against so, so, so maybe he's maybe he's waiting for the Blues but but I think, I think there are opportunities there I guess is what I'm trying to say and I don't think it's necessarily as, as easy as or as simple as just sort of looking at the midfield because some Sometimes they're being be asked to do kind of, you know, certain things. What I, what I would say is that, you know, in, in these counter-attacking goals, like like the third one, I would like to see us commit a few more men forward in those situations. And, and in situations like that, positions almost don't matter, do you? You see, you mm. see like Andy Robertson, you know, he's the one absolutely He's brilliant Dan, for it, isn't he? And he, he is great for it. And Genie's great for it just before that as well. But something like that for, for Henderson, who's who's... Who's a great runner who can really tear it? He's like an old-fashioned cross-country runner in school, is any he? Henderson. I think in those situations, he could probably just go. And you know, if he finds himself further forward than a Firmino or whatever, then then sound. You know what I mean? As long as, as long as there's enough men, I think I think in those sort of situations, you know, maybe the midfield could be looking. But but generally speaking, I think I think, I think also this, with it, Alderman, and with general- Alderman's
0: had a couple of goals in previous seasons when he's been he's been the third man running basically. Yeah. and he's coming. And and also, he, and for he, this a, a goal against uh, Arsenal. Um, one, of best, one of the best goals in Anfield in recent years Goal against Man City uh, Arriving late with a header um, he, he doesn't seem to be committing um, that far forward But again then that's probably down to a slightly more conservative style of play. Uh, before we get on to Henderson and the sending off, Ian, um, I want to talk about the two centre backs,
1: and I think it is the two centre backs. I think watching the game back, it's I, I whoever plays next to Van Dyke is going to get Hippied to Honcho. Um, <laughs> in, uh, you know the number of games you come out of going back when those two were a partnership, and everyone would just talk about how absolutely fantastic Sammy Hippier was, yep. and completely not talk about the fellow who was next to him. Um, and so I do want to sort of do the pair of them. They don't give. Um, whoever, whatever combination of of, of attackers f- front two, and they are left to deal with them a fair bit. That front two, Manta Man, neither neither Dini nor Success nor Feu, um nor Andre Gray get any get any significant sniff right the way through the whole game because of both Van Dijk and Lovren. Both of them are excellent. Both of them win the battles. Both of them do the
3: business. It, it's a great partnership, and I think. We we undervalue the fact that we have a lad who comes in as possibly our third-choice centre-back who's just played in a World Cup final, which is about as high as you can get as a footballer. You know, we, we've got an absolute class centre-back, and I don't think we value him enough because of past mistakes. But in a partnership with Van Dijk, all of a sudden, as the junior partner of the partnership, he looks a lot more solid. And there was a... A very interesting comment from Jürgen in passing, I think it was on Match of the Day, um, when he was talking about Gomez having a knock. He said, you know, Gomez, slight knock in the last training session, but we were able to bring Trent in. So Lovren wasn't in for Gomez. Lovren was in. He was just starting. Gomez was supposed to be playing right back. Trent came in for Gomez. So that that was just one sentence. Passing has been reported elsewhere, but that that's how I thought. That's noticeable because that his intention all along has been to play Lovren to deal with that attack in the way we dealt with it. So I think you see how much the the manager values him. We need to start valuing him in the same way.
0: Yeah, th- I mean the thing with Lovren is that uh, we have a perception of him that he that, that, there's a rick in him. But in, in games like that where it, you know it's quite a phys- it's a it's a physical task really against Watford. Um, and he's a little bit more last ditch than, than, say, Gomez or, or Van Dyke, who both have a, a really sure reading of the game. Um, but I think on Saturday, that was as, as good a performance from, from, from Lovren as I've seen for a while. And also, but yeah, I don't think you can underestimate how, how becalmed he is alongside Van Dyke. Uh, in previous partnerships he's not looked as assured he's looked more panic stricken his judgment has been a fault but on t- on saturday i thought he he dealt with everything well um, there were quite a few a lot of interceptions decent in the air uh, and just in terms of his, of his sort of reading of the game, I think he's come on leaps and da- leaps and bounds this season. W- this season, when he's, when he's being selected, and it, he's it, already worried about himself. Yeah, isn't yeah, he? he is, and and it's interesting, really, the way Klopp is sort of rotating that centre half situation a little bit, possibly forced into it a little bit in the sense that Gomez isn't available on Saturday. Um, but he seems quite he seems quite relaxed about yeah. three three into two at centre half. whereas I think most rotation you tend to think about midfield and attack and you know with the scope to do it there. But yeah, Yergin seems completely at ease with the idea of Lovren playing uh, a quarter of the games, which is good for his own rhythm and keeps him keeps him at it.
2: Yeah, we're interested if we see Lovren and Gomez at one point. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to um, in terms of in terms of Virgil. You know, and then and then and then we'll see see how that goes mm. as well. But. They all look sort of confident at the moment, really. There was that worry early on, wasn't there, with the with the Feu goal that's disallowed because it it just sort of looked a bit easy really and Then you're like, oh, is that is that a warning shot? But after that, I don't think he won another header. You know, for the rest of the game, I think. You know, it was maybe not a wake up call, but it was maybe a realisation that that was something that they were going to try. And after that, it seemed like the pair of them just just won absolutely everything in the air. All first balls weren't, weren't letting any sort of flick ons at all happen. And yeah, just, I think. I think you know Van Dyke's obviously getting a lot of the credit and, and, and kind of rightly so because he's, he's he's such a good footballer. But I think Lovin's done really well this season. Whenever he's been asked to play, I think is you know you look at his numbers and, and the terrific right up there, and he's he's he's. He seems to be you know, enjoying his football and a bit relaxed and I think having Virgil there has been sort of nice for him I think hasn't it you know he's just been able to come in and just concentrate on what he needs to do rather I think he's a he's a, he's a poorer defender when he tries to kind of lead too much really I think he, he gets sort of dragged around and, and into into some sort of strange positions or situations where I think the idea of having Virgil there and, and, and just knowing that he's you know he's just out there to, to win his individual battles I think suits him and yeah he's, he's looking really Good. What what well, was one of the moments I noticed in the game was um, Deeney. Decides to go and play on Virgil for a bit,
1: and when you know like what he said about Van Dyke yeah, Dini before the game, it was almost as though Dini's coming. I'm getting nothing over here, so you yeah, never know me. Look, and I think that tells you a little bit of a story in terms of how, because we know how centre forwards think. You know what, how forwards operate, Mike. They think to themselves, "When am I going to get my best opportunity?" Here? And for him to have gone, well, does this, that, that fellow who I've talked up publicly as being basically the best centre mm-hmm. half
0: in the country, and but yeah, actually I mean, going to go yeah, to him, prefer to play on him for a bit. Which, which, you know, that's a, that's a tribute to Lovren and giving him absolutely no change in that first twenty minutes. I think what's, what's interesting what's interesting as well is how infrequently you see, you see uh, Becker Alison Becker coming for the ball uh, in the air as well which just suggests that between whoever it is playing at centre half that basically all of the aerial threat is being dealt with by the it's centre, centre point, halves, yeah. and that's that's something that is a, a huge sea change in, in, in watching Liverpool because there's been an onus on goalkeepers to come for balls and mm. we've obsessed over it um, but he doesn't seem to have to do that because it's the, the centre point. halves are dealing with everything Um sending off then it's completely
1: unnecessary John the frustration was and again uh, if, if you didn't see the match in full uh, even if you did I don't know what was on a stream or anything like that but you see two minutes before Henderson gets sent off John Moss pulls him to one side and says if you do another one I am going to send you off that doesn't come over a match of the day the commentator mentions it but it doesn't come over a match of the day uh, he says I am going to send you off if you do another one. And then he just goes and does another one two minutes later. And you're like, come on, lad. To be fair to who I'm no no fan of. (laughs) He he couldn't have made it any clearer. No,
2: no, he's he's got no choice. And it it is a a frustrating one, really. We, We were just chatting... You know, before before recording about how rare it is to see a Liverpool player sent off and so you know it's not a it's not a widespread problem that we need to be sort of worrying about really in, in, in discipline and you know Henderson I can't remember the last time he, he, he kind of got sent off but
1: Man City 13-14 was it? Was that yeah, the last time? Yeah
2: that was a sort of a big one I Victor think yeah it was. I mean I mean I would say that maybe, you know, it was it was sort of decent practice for them, sort of looking back. I mean, I was worried when it happens, you know, it's two 0 You think if they get another goal straight away then it's gonna be nervy. But I thought the way Liverpool dealt with it, um you know, it was 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 fantastic. We obviously go on and, 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 and score a uh, scored another goal, but but so how how we defended, the calmness, uh, the shape was was all sort of excellent from there. And Henderson will probably learn from it as well. I'm sure he's very frustrated with himself for doing it. But yeah it was it was daft and it, and it could have been sort of more costly really and so we sort of got away with it in that I don't even think it was necessarily a position where he needed to get no, involved It was, just got be, it was completely yeah. unnecessary, it was it? Wasn't it, was wide, what, what? it was wide, it was deep, it was and you just I mean the if the fella's literally there to come on for him, you know, he stood there, he stripped and you know, it is it is it is a frustrating one, really. He almost needed it's funny as well, because if it had been someone else, Henderson probably would have had a word with him. Uh, yeah. You know, if it had been say when
1: know. he gets the talking to from Mosh, you mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And then so I think if that's say Trent Alexander Arnold, then this is probably over to him and just say like keep it out, keep it out. But because he's the captain, no one sort of does it for him. And maybe that's where you know it's one of the problems of being a captain. I don't know. You like who's who's maybe Milner would have if Milner would have been on, but, he, but he's not at that point, is he? No. Yeah, and so uh, so it's a, it's it's a frustrating one, but. I think you know. We hope, you know he will learn from it. And as I say, I don't think it's not this widespread issue. We're not getting of sense every week. Do you know what I mean? It's the no, first time I can remember. I for think it was a sign of. For me, it was a bit, a little bit of a sign of Anderson's inner frustrations at the way this
0: season has gone for him yeah. as well. Um in that um, exchange with the referee, he had quite a lot to say for himself, as well as the referee sort of pointing out that he was, he was one. Uh, more indiscretion away from a red, um, but then to, to have that talking to him and then to do something like that, um, I don't know whether the idea for for Bino coming on to replace him played on his mind a little bit, uh, saying that, that there was a need for him to be taken off that he couldn't be trusted to commit another foul, and that's almost uh, he's almost gone into self destruct mode was, there. But I do think I do think that the way you know he, he, he's had injuries, he's not played, he's not been played regularly. I think everyone would, would, would agree that he's not been at his best. This 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 constant dialogue amongst Liverpool fans as to his merits. I think we all know he's a, he, he's a fine player and he's probably in Klopp's first choice 11 when fully fit, when he's ticking, but at the moment we're, just not, we're not quite seeing the real Henderson. I think he knows that himself.
1: One of the things about it, Mike, is that for me it showed, uh, like I was at times during the first half, that willing him to go just to, just to shift it forward faster but he's following the manager's instructions he's not being impetuous and I at times I would like him to be a little bit more impetuous in general but I think that you get to see that I, you very much get the impression he's doing what the manager wants him to do uh, with that sort of mm. thing and that's where for me that's where it does sort of seem out of character and that's one of the reasons why it absolutely did me head in in that you know by all you know it, this weird sort of the very fact that he, he acts in such a rash manner when so much of the rest of his game appears at times for me almost to be too controlled too controlling perhaps mm. he then for them to to do that, it, it, it's out of character in the worst possible way, if you know what I mean, it's out of character in that sort of,
0: well, yeah, I'd, I'd almost rather you'd have tried to force it three times in the first half, mate, than go through this, do you see what mm. I mean? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know whether the, the, just the responsibility of captaincy is weighing on, on his mind a little bit um, when when you're captain on a side and you're not at your best, sometimes you will make rash decisions um, and I think you're right in saying that in terms of his overall play, at the moment he's playing really, really within himself um, he's, he is taking the easy option the passing is predominantly sideways, which is the thing that people criticise him for. When he's at his best, Henderson is snapping balls forward, um, you know, intelligent vertical balls, balls that break the that break the lines. And we're just not quite seeing that from him. I think there's a, there's there's someone who's who's wrestling with with confidence, wrestling with belief. You um, know, it's still not that long since he had a really really debilitating injury, um, and I think just you know, sort of game to game, week to week, he's still wrestling with some some inner demons. Does. There's something about um about it, Ian,
1: where it is it could have cost us. Um the thing that most pleases me in the way in which you've seen you've seen us do it for, for a number of different players uh, across the course of this season and in the second half of last season, is he gets dug out. He gets dug out by the fact that those lads go on and they play They play well in his absence, as John says before, they get to learn from it. But he gets dug out and that there's, there's another world where we've spent the entire... You know, those people who are choosing to spend the entire weekend talking about it, well, that's their concern. But there's another world where people are spending the entire weekend talking about this, where it goes back to 2-2, and it looks like, it looks like a hugely irresponsible act, and you go from there. But his teammates dig him out, and in fact, they go on and score the third.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think the, the Twitter reaction to it has been absolutely ludicrous. It's, um, you know, just given- unfollow
1: people, in, just unfollow them. It doesn't yeah. matter, you don't have to I, listen I, to them. I think that's unfollowing like 4,000 people. That's fine, mate, I um, would.
3: I have. It has been, it has been utterly embarrassing. Um, the lads has made a mistake. Now, I, I didn't, because I, I was watching RG Arg stream on a, very, on a very big stream in a packed pub, um, I didn't realise he'd been booked for the first one. So I was looking at going, that's never a red. Now, to be told, he'd already had a yellow. It, it is, it's a careless yellow to take. It's, it's the first a, one's a great yellow, by the way. One's the first yellow, one's yeah. like,
1: for, for, honestly, it's a yellow you could have framed. Yeah. The first one's <laughs> absolutely spot it's on. It's gorgeous the yellow.
3: Yeah, it, yeah it, it takes it, but don't do the second one if you know you're on the first. I think, it, as Mike said, it is—it's the frustration of knowing you're not at your best. It's not quite happening for you. We've got this lad that we bought for forty million quid, who plays in your position, who's seven years younger than you. You know, he's—he's been threatened for the first time in his career at Liverpool with somebody who's a real, possibly a realistic replacement for him. And it's, it's probably, you know, you probably want to prove things too much, but I, I think we've seen this once or twice before where frustration can let his head go a little bit. Mm. I can't think of the specific moments, but I think we've seen it once or twice before where he's put himself on a bit of a knife edge by just getting a bit too involved. For me, the daft thing about it is the derby. I would want Henderson on the pitch for the derby because he knows the game. He understands the game. That was certainly in Klopp's thinking
0: when he's lining up the, the substitution. Yeah, and probably the it, only it, reason. It, it can happen and it, do, and it does happen. I, but, com- no, I completely agree. Com- completely agree on the derby.
3: But yeah, we, we go down to 10 and you don't so we've gone down to 10. Because it doesn't disrupt the play at all. We, we rearranged very well. I don't even know what shape we rearranged to, but we rearranged very, very well and we kept control of the game. I don't even How how long was it, 15 minutes, 10 minutes? I don't think it was as long, but there was about 82 minutes. 82 yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a good, it's a good so it's 10 minutes. 10, yeah, 10, 10, 12 minutes basically, isn't it?
1: Um, Manager Jubilant afterwards, John, and he, he goes out of his way to mention he only had one session to prepare them. Um, it's, again, a reference to his own respect for their profession, professionalism for their intelligence um he, he you know i think that's you, you do sort of get that sense of him from sometimes when he speaks about his players that he and, and again that's one of the reasons why i think the henderson thing will have stuck in his craw at the time it was hugely comic by the way it was right
2: in front of the manager yeah um but he almost kind of chips over for being on waiting to come on does he yeah yeah um, the, the, but there
1: is something i think where the manager is is overjoyed with what these lads can do go into somewhere like Watford who are a very good side to have won that game the way in which they have you know I think he's delighted when they've only had one session to work on stuff
2: yeah I think look this is a football club that thrives on momentum and it's a manager who understands that it's a manager who understands you know feelings doesn't he? he's an emotional manager and he'll know that we're going into a crucial stage of the season it's a huge part of what Liverpool are going gonna to achieve or otherwise this season is this next one of 10-11 games up to that Man City one on January 3rd and Klopp gets that and he knows that this is a brilliant start it's just a start but it's a, but it's a brilliant one to, to go there as you say a tough place, good 3-0 win having to battle, having to show all your qualities, having to show all your, all your tenacity, all the things that other teams are looking for and then saying oh I for Watford, Watford away 3 o'clock after an international break let's see how they get on there, well boom they've done them 3-0 and what bring on the next fellas paris sound bring it on and so and so he knows that, that he's aware of that so he's just feeding that so i'm sure he could have come after the game and said oh we could have done this better than that better because he'll he'll think that because he's a football manager and no no performance is ever perfect so you know so this morning they'll be highlighting little things they could have done better little moments where we could have used the ball better or things like that but after the game he's not going to bother with all that he's just going to say we were great because we were but also you know he knows that it's it's all about Positivity at this point It's all about believing That we can that we can do good things This season It's all about going to Paris And knowing we can get a result Because I know we're going to Come on to that But it's a, it's a funny game Isn't it In that a draw Is normally a great result And for this game It's sort of no, really. it's neither in or there, yeah, is it? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and so he's so he's in this situation where and then it's the derby of the weekend, and he'll always he'll always just want to beat Everton because he knows that it's you know how much it means. But also at the moment, you know, you need to be beating more or less everyone. It seems to if you if you even want to come second, and so so you're in this sort of mad situation. So he gets it. So I think it was a. You know, it was a it, it, a quote that you use, isn't it, where, where uh, I think it was a Marino quote where you say the, the the start of the next game is the, is, the, is, the, is the press conference of the last one, and I think it was very much an eye on that. It was very much, a, these lads are serious. These lads know what to do and bring on this next group. John's
1: doing under the lights Later on today Looking forward to listening to that It's your perfect Paris Saint-Germain preview Available on Tour player for £5 a month Also Be doing the review With uh, Sean Rogers Where we'll be going in depth About Watford in the first place And what Liverpool were thinking Ben Johnson on that as well With me £5 a month to subscribe To the Anfield Raptors No Better time to do it Because the games come thick and fast They get better and better And this is the next big one Mike And it is a funny game It is We've managed to Between us Napoli And Paris Saint-Germain Fair play to us we managed to bring The, the Champions League Knockout stages early um, <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: it's phenomenal work um, go to Paris and win yeah um, we sort of get two cracks at it really don't we um, yeah. although I think if we win on uh, Wednesday we actually we, we, we do qualify but yeah. as, against Napoli should we need to win that game it's it's not quite as cut and dried as that uh, we might have to win by more than one goal um, so this it, it sort of feels like a little bit of a free hit and I think that yeah. to an extent will determine his thinking in, in, in terms of the way that we actually approach the game and um, as far as the, the lineup is concerned, I, mean, sort of, I think it almost picks itself in the sense that Henderson probably will play, uh, given that he won't be available for the derby. Um, and I'd, well, I, well, I expect in a game of this magnitude, he probably goes. He he, he could go. Four three three again, um, and maybe Shaqiri misses out, and maybe one Alden Milner Henderson in really solid midfield. Three. Will they
1: be tempted to consider Keita for Wigan and Maybe off the basis that he might well need Wigan against Everton. I
0: just, I just think it's a big game to throw Kiter in. So when is the has, Derby. When he, yeah, true enough, um, but I, just, just the. I, I think it's a, it's a much more severe test going to Paris than it is playing Everton at home. I
2: don't think
0: you need um, to be Keita against Everton either. He doesn't really No, no, and you know, and yeah, I, 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 I think Kiter really has to be introduced from the bench at some point, and he's got to sort of bed his way back into into things. He hasn't played for, for some time. He'll, he'll be suffering from confidence issues as well. I think it's a big one to bring him in. I think he'll just go with a fairly trusted 11, um, albeit the, the, the shape, um, there's something for him to think about there.
3: I'm, I'm the same. I think our success in the first Paris game was the fact that we played with a straight line of mm. Wijnaldum-Henderson and Milner in the middle, and we built on that, and we, we were so solid in the middle. And it would make sense to play with the same tactics against them again, because at well, 40 minutes in, they were confused, they didn't know what the hell was happening to them again. So, you know, even though they came back with the two goals, that base built for us. So I think the four three three against them again makes perfect sense. I, I think it'll be the very obvious choice. I I do
1: actually think he will do Keita for Winaldon. Uh, I think he'll want Winaldon. I think he'll I think at some sort of point he's got to start when managing Winaldon's time and he might think right I'd rather have Winaldon wofford Winaldon Everton, absolutely mm. ready to get stuck in. Uh, and then Milner started Paris and then he's going to start Everton and then you know whoever comes in then for, for Everton he's then picking from Fabinho and Kaita for Everton. But it might just be that I'm just thinking about Everton loads. <laughs> um, and yeah the Liverpool manager might not be uh, he will be thinking obviously about about away uh, away games to decide that's one every domestic fixture so far this season which is more than fair enough um, it's going to be a brilliant Wednesday night it really is you're going aren't you yeah
2: going over a few of us going uh, Craig and Andy going as well from the office so yeah we're looking forward to just going to a European away on a train feels quite novelty like you know mm-hmm. so uh yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Got a full full day Wednesday in, in, in Paris, and yeah, can't wait. And like, cause Mike said, it, cause it does feel like a bit of a free hit. Like it feels like the that we can all just enjoy it really, and it included the players in in, in that as well. And I think you know we can go down and win because you know we've we, we've beaten them already this season, so we prove we can do it. And I don't think these lads are fit.
0: I mean, they're under as much pressure as Liverpool oh, yeah, are going into yeah. the game, and the, the same pressure is Plus, on all three sides more to go so to because yeah. the
3: money in the. For them.
0: Possibly, and you know they are the home side on in in this particular tie. But I think as, as for Liverpool, though, it would be, be galling to go out of the Champions League at this stage. And Especially after coming to the final. So last final year. last year puts a different context on it. There's expectations that we do well in Europe, and you can't. I don't think you can you can separate the league and the European Cup in terms of mentality. Not I think be a bit, It would be a big blow if we went out, um albeit that. If we were going straight out and we were going out to Europe and you could say, right, that gives us more time to plan for league games, that would be fine, but that's not going to happen because there's still the the spectre of the Europa League, um, which would be incredibly disruptive.
1: Uh, Not at this stage, you can't say that at all. I think Liverpool do need to move forward in both competitions urgently. Uh, Going back to the league, uh, Liverpool now have a five-point gap between themselves and Chelsea, six-point gap between themselves and Everton. Sorry, six-point gap between themselves and Arsenal, uh, 11-point gap between themselves and Everton, 12-point gap between themselves and Manchester United. It's... I think uh, I think that they Manchester City supporters at the very least, uh but I think also maybe just maybe a few of the staff, a few of the uh, the backroom staff, a few of the, the the directors, Ian Salmon, I think they'll have checked. The, uh, the Liverpool scored at half-time and thought aye aye and then I think they'll have checked the Liverpool score at the final whistle and thought oh no yeah. I think Manchester City's strategy this season is burn Liverpool off demoralised and batter everyone be great until Christmas Liverpool have just got to hang on in for dear life
3: Yeah I think um, well one I think City fans are now thoroughly obsessed with us um, developing some kind of rivalry that we've never actually seen before. Um, the manager has come out and said, I can't read books anymore because mm-hmm. I start reading books. I think Jürgen Klopp, I think Liverpool, which is fantastic, is the greatest compliment you can possibly have. He's not talking about United, Chelsea, Spares, Arsenal. He's talking about all he as the actual competition to. Him. We've got the most expensively assembled team in football history at the top of the league, We've got poss- they're possibly the best team in Europe at the moment on paper, they've got an amazing squad and we're still there and we're keeping them there, and we've, g- we've got a very simple job this year, our job is the simplest it's ever been, we've got to match their results every week and then beat them at their place and we do that, <laughs> and we've simple. won the
0: league. Yeah, I think I, I, it's also interesting to try and reverse the mindset and the way that, like on Saturday you hear that they're 3-0 up after 25 minutes and that's deflating, yeah. that's debilitating to our moves, but I think they're feeling; they'll be feeling the pressure in exactly the same way. It's just that it's not we don't feel it as acutely because we're not in their shoes. Um, and sometimes when you're being when you're being pursued as well, that that can, that can be that can be that can tie you mentally. I think, yeah. and the, the idea that Liverpool are just hanging to their coattails, there's no there's no gap appearing. Three late goals, I think, in some ways have more of an impact than three goals in the first half. So we've got we've we've got to assume that they're struggling with. with the whole concept of not being able to uh, establish a lead in this league despite an incredible start to the season just as much as they are?
1: Um, I think we're... We're fucking up their plan to win the league, John. Which I'm I'm you know, if we can take nothing else from this this stage into the season, mm. I think they would be you know, I think they would be overjoyed if it was where if we were just where Spurs were, let alone where let alone on twenty eight points where that where, where Chelsea the next the next characters back are. I think that's what their plan to win the league is to burn everybody off. They did it last season and we're taking it away from them right now.
2: Yeah, we're we've been in edit since and I think that's that's, you know, a good thing and I think I think I said on, on our video on Saturday we're like a wasp that won't go away and I think to viewing ourselves in that way that I think is a good thing you know as as the boys said there you can obsess over you know how you know looking at them and thinking oh are they ever going to drop points or, or, or you can look at it from the other way around is that you know they're, they're in brilliant form they're battering everyone and there's still only two points cleared and, and what that does to them if if you are this wasp we won't go away and you're trying to you know you're trying to hit them with your hand or you're trying to swipe them off and they just keep coming back and coming back and that's what we need to be like and as you say they'll they'll be looking at this season with ambitions to win both the league and the champions league and they should do because you know they're, they're, they're a fantastic side and the, the, the best way to do that is to to have it all done by March and then be still in there and then be able to, to be resting players they and, never
0: had that pressure of a mm-hmm. close
2: pursuer last season yeah, at yeah. all yeah so we
0: haven't really seen how they react to that later in the season yeah. it's all very well talking about it now and them yeah. streaming victories yeah. together but Come sort of once it gets back to the Champions League group stages and they've got that club pressure to win the European mm. Cup, then it becomes. I think it becomes a different thing and the pressure
2: does mount. Yeah, that's how you combine those two things and how you can combine those those kind of you know desires really into into good performances and and you know suddenly you know more teams have got more to play for. Haven't they, as, as you go through the season though, so this idea of teams rolling over against them or well, suddenly if you're in April and there's a side who are in the, the bottom three, and they can't pick and choose anymore. They need to try yeah. and get a point in, and a few teams... And, and
1: you've just got a Champions League game on Wednesday. You've yeah. got another one coming the following Wednesday. Yeah,
2: and you want to rest a few, but suddenly you're looking a bit disjointed, and there's this team battling for the lives because they need every point in. You've just got to stick in there, and the worst thing you can do is to is to, is to kind of get deflated, really, and and, and and Isis is, hey, looking at it from, from the other side, you know, they they must... Well, they, we are doing the red thing Because as Ian says They can't stop talking
1: about us 13 games in last season They were on uh, They were 8 points clear At the top of the Premier League 13 games this uh, th- this time It's only 2 points uh, We are not going anywhere And that's got to be The attitude from now Until the season finishes Liverpool have got to be Right up All over Manchester City uh, That's been the Anfield wrap This week in association With the Reds Very pleased to partner with them Do get down to the event If you can on Tuesday night But the Reds are going Absolutely nowhere They are going to stick Right in Manchester City's crawl.